You're listening to the Alliance Specialty Podcast, dedicated to insurance and risk management solutions and trends shaping the market today. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the latest Alliant Specialty Podcast. My name is Ron Boris. I lead the financial institutions vertical here at Alliant. Uh, and with me today is Brian Dumphy, who leads our management professional solutions group, uh, and David Finns, a senior attorney with our legal and claims practice who specializes in the area of cyber uh, particularly uh, with regards to claims and, and policy wording. As we all know, uh, cyber risk is, is certainly something we've been talking about quite a bit over the last two years. And you know, what we wanted to spend some time today is, is just talking about uh, some recent news about uh, you know, S&P and their announcement that you know, cybersecurity is, is going to be thoroughly integrated into their evaluation process for the purposes of determining scores and credit ratings for companies. I mean, I think um, when you think about what we do from a management and professional liability perspective, uh, both in, in, in the FI world and, and sort of for all industry sectors, um, this certainly opens up a lot of doors that I think people need to think about and consider. And Brian and David are, are certainly two of the best in this space and subject matter experts. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to, to talk a little bit about that. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, it's an interesting pivot by S&P, right? They, we, we've seen companies have uh, an impact on the back end in the wake of a cyber attack, specifically public companies and their their uh, respective share prices. Uh, there can be a clampdown, if you will, on cash flow and, and available cash for activities, uh, investment or otherwise, because they then have to go and remediate things. But this is an interesting pivot as they, they move to sort of preemptively assess corporate postures to network security. So David, from your expert opinion, your vantage point, what do you think, aside from the obvious, what do you think is prompting this? What are they seeing? What are they trying to get across here? First of all, thank you both for having me on today. Um, what's precipitating this, from my view, is that S&P Global has seen a cause and effect relationship, really, between cyber attacks and credit worthiness of organizations. You know, they've noted that even though some companies do come out of a cyber incident with their credit rating unscathed, the number of negative rating actions that have been taken following a cyber attack has more than doubled over the past two years, 2020 and 2021, versus the two-year period immediately prior to that. And that suggests that they're continuing to see cyber risk as a contributing factor in these ratings. And what's really interesting that they're doing now, as you noted, Brian, this report that they came out with last week indicates that companies could see an impact to their credit rating even before they experience a cyber attack based upon the type of governance and internal controls that they have in place. It's it's an interesting approach, right? In the report, S&P talked about a lot of different issues. And and while this is a cyber issue and we are in the space of of risk advisory, this really, in my opinion, and, and I'd like to know what you and Ron think, this is actually again, furtherance of the intersection of of cyber risk, true risk, as opposed to cyber liability, but the true risk and the intersection of that with uh, directors and officers liability insurance. Listen, as we all know, cyber preparedness and and incident response, particularly in the financial institution space, has been uh, an ongoing theme for a really long time. Uh, You know, just recently, I think as early as today, I saw an email that the SEC just announced their 2022 priorities for the asset management space. And lo and behold, cybersecurity is on it again. And we certainly know that the the regulators have been um, very tuned into this for a period of time. Uh, 
uh, right? If you think about what the purpose uh, of a regulator is, it's to uh, certainly protect uh, customers uh, and other counterparties, relative cyber protections and, and, and financial institutions ability to protect data. I think now with the S&P taking the position they're taking and, and incorporating these risk factors for the purposes of evaluating credit scores, it really now takes it from a regulatory standard to a governance standard. And, you know, as we know, uh, cybersecurity has become a major topic in the boardroom. It's probably overtaken directors and officers liability, whether you manufacture or, or you're an IT service provider or a financial institution, everybody's talking about cyber uh, and how these risks have evolved. Um, so I'm not surprised by this at all. I just wonder how long it's going to take for uh, other parties, uh, i.e. the plaintiff's bar, to start sinking their teeth in this as an opportunity to start bringing actions against companies, not just uh, as a reaction to a breach event, but to a company's ability or a company's focus on incorporating cybersecurity and cyber preparedness into their corporate governance. Yeah, so look, what, what S&P Global is looking for here is they wanna see a culture of good cyber hygiene on the part of organizations. They're looking for the types of internal controls and good corporate governance and internal audits around cybersecurity that are designed to thwart an attack or prove that an organization will be resilient in the face of an attack. And what they're doing is they're relying upon the NIST framework to evaluate these organizations. And the NIST framework, really, these are standards. They're not regulatory. They're not necessarily something that in and of themselves creates a liability for an organization if they don't do them in terms of violating a law. But what they do is they do establish a standard of care that organizations are expected to follow. And to your point, Ron, that can help inform the plaintiff's bar in terms of formulating a cause of action around what a company should have done and where they may have been negligent. And David, just, just quickly, if you can just tell everyone who issues NIST, what NIST is for the, the uninitiated. Sure. So NIST refers to the National Institute of Standards and Technology. So their standards are really considered the benchmark for best practices around cybersecurity. And they're looking at five core functions here that they're expecting organizations to adapt and comply with. And these include the identification of cyber risk, the protection of assets, the detection of cyber attacks, the response and limitation of damages when there is an incident, and then recovery from an incident. How resilient is an organization in terms of their ability to continue to operate in the face of an attack? This is something that, as we were talking, company does experience a cyber attack. Those are things that you would expect them to do normally, but you mentioned before the number of, of rating downgrades that, that have happened over the past two year period, I believe you were, you were saying. Talk about some of the impacts, some of the fallout of that that could uh, happen to uh, companies seeking rating approval or, or issuers generally. So when a company experiences a cyber attack, or for that matter, a public entity that uh, is, is issuing bonds, there can be so much damage, not only to their bottom line, but also to reputation, right? Uh, an organization could suffer a loss in market share and competitive advantage. They could see reduced cash flow and a liquidity crunch due to the financial losses associated with responding to the incident. And also their management and governance can be called into question as well in terms of how adept were they at detecting and responding to the incident. 
and Ron, for our financial institution clients, it's early days, obviously. This just literally was issued within the last seven days. But what are our takeaways here from this report in terms of how we want to counsel and advise our clients in the financial institution space? So I think it's a great question. Uh, you know, as you know, cybersecurity, cyber preparedness has certainly been something we've been talking about in the FI space for more than more than a decade. Uh, I think now that it's being incorporated and integrated into uh, things like uh, ESG risk factors um, as part of you know a, a credit rating agency like S and P's evaluation, I, I think the dynamics change quite a bit. You know, what what is particularly interesting is that when you look at the criteria in which uh, S&P Global provides their analysis and rankings, um, a lot of the, the, the modifiers uh, that they typically incorporate are, are very easily measured, um, whether it's financial policy, liquidity, capital structure, and so on. Uh, but governance, uh, management governance has always been a little bit more of a less measurable and more sort of just, you know, there's a bunch of questions that go into it. Um, I know in many cases when we're sharing this data with clients, they, they think that we make these factors up. We certainly don't. Um, these are you know, certainly uh, things that are, are, are benchmarked and, and widely tracked in the industry. And it's interesting to see how, how cyber or will be interesting to see how cyber factors in there and, and what impact it has on these risk scores. Um, I, I don't think I've met a client yet who, who really agrees with the risk score that is generated here. I can only imagine that the, the incorporation of, of cyber uh, security and cyber preparedness is going to have, have an impact on those scores. And it'll just be, it, it'll be really interesting to see what those scores ultimately look like when it's all said and done. I would expect to see uh, insurance underwriters starting to ask questions around this, this issue, uh, speaking to insurance through their, their either normal underwriting review process or in off cycle meetings. So certainly with, with regards to um, cyber, you know, it's, it's been challenging enough that, you know, cyber underwriters uh, have been putting our clients through a pretty uh, rigorous process, particularly over the last you know, 18 to 24 months through this hard market cycle. And, you know, certainly a ton of really challenging questions that, that come up and, and we all have seen firsthand the impact um, it's had on, on cyber insurance premiums and certainly retentions. Now, if we're going to we're going to say that cyber risk and cyber preparedness is going to factor into a governance score. Are we now saying that this could potentially impact DNO pricing and how underwriters factor uh, or look at underwriting from a DNO perspective? I mean, more often than not recently, we've been having separate meetings for the cyber piece and the, the DNO piece. Um, but, but certainly now this applied approach by S&P to incorporate cyber security uh, and cyber preparedness into the, the ESG risk factor, which is essentially the governance score. I, I just think it's, it potentially has a lot of uh, impact on how people are looking at companies. You know, the market for DNO has finally gotten to a place where I think it's a little more settled than it has been over the last two years. Is cyber now going to start spilling over into the DNO product and putting underwriters in a position where they have to evaluate and consider that? Uh, as part of a governance sort of underwriting process relative to, to, to companies. Right. Well, again, for starters, the NIST framework gives you an idea broadly about what uh, factors S&P Global will be looking at. And these are things that the you know, insured should be keeping in mind anyway as they approach their underwriters for renewal. Uh, but what this underscores to me is that cybersecurity, cyber risk truly is a boardroom issue. 
And, you know, we've put together a list of the seven bad cybersecurity habits of highly vulnerable organizations, and we can make this available to our listeners to help frame the discussion with their board and really get the conversation going around the types of red flags that not only will the credit rating agencies like S&P Global be looking for, but also that their underwriters are looking for as well, so that this helps put companies in a better position and helps the underwriters view them in a more positive light. Uh, they can DM me on LinkedIn. They can email me at david.fins at alliant.com, and I'll be happy to uh, get that information out to them, as I said, to help to start to, to, to uh, nurture a culture of cyber hygiene and governance, risk, and compliance around these issues. Yeah, well, David, just don't give out your cell phone number. Um, I think between your LinkedIn and your email, you're, you're probably getting pinged enough, and I'm, I'm sure there's probably plenty of cyber folks that are listening here. Uh, the phishing exercises on the David Finn's email LinkedIn profile, if they haven't already started, there there definitely is going to be an uptick of those over the next few days. But I was going to say, I already told the prince that I, I don't want $10 million uh, sent to my bank account. So we're good. <laughs> well, listen, David, I uh, I realize we're probably out of time here, but, you know, Brian, it's always nice to, to jump on and record one of these with you. And I think, you know, uh, the work that you and your team have been doing both on the, the DNO side and in the area of, of, of cyber has, has certainly been uh, a big part of, of what we're doing at Alliant. And, um, you know, David, we always enjoy having you and, and I know the feedback we've received. Um, our listeners love hearing your perspective. So, so thanks again for taking some time to join us. Great to be with you both. Thanks everyone. And for those of you who'd like to talk to us and, and or learn more about Alliant, you can visit our website at www.alliant.com. You know, at the end of the day, we, we hope that people who are listening to these uh, podcasts understand our commitment and value to helping our clients and prospects find the more rewarding way to manage risk. Uh, and certainly that's the reason why, why we're out here doing what we do every day. So you know, thank you both for taking some time out of your day. Uh, and we look forward to talking to you again real soon.